The Seahawks will take their next step towards the start of the regular season with their annual mock scrimmage at Lumen Field. What should fans be watching? I'll be breaking it all down here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, especially this being an early episode today for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Whether you're listening way across the country in Rhode Island or in nearby Redmond, Redmond, excuse me, we greatly appreciate you making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks are going to be taking their next big step towards week one against the Rams on Friday night in front of fans at Lumen Field as they'll be taking part in their annual mock game scrimmage. I'm going to be taking a look at some storylines on offense and defense to watch closely heading into tonight's scrimmage game and some picks to click, our first picks to click of the 2023 season. Which players am I looking to have big games tonight in front of the 12s at Lumen Field? This episode is brought your way by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, now for our lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. The Seahawks now have seven training camp practices in the books, and that means it is time for their mock game scrimmage. And they've changed up how they do this mock game year to year. At one point, they had it at Pop Kenny Stadium, which was really cool. They did it at their practice field at one point. But the last few years, they've had it at Lumen Field. They've allowed fans to come out and watch the scrimmage. And it's a great opportunity to get a first look at what this football team is going to look like. And there's a number of storylines to consider. Now, everybody's going to be playing in this game. This is not going to be like a regular season matchup where Geno Smith's getting all the snaps. The starters are getting all the snaps. You're going to see plenty of Drew Locke. You're going to see Holton Aylers. They're undrafted rookie out of East Carolina. You're going to see the third string offensive line. You're going to see the fourth string secondary. So everybody's going to get to play. It's going to have a little more of a Little League feel because it is a practice. It is a glorified practice. But with that being said, there's still going to be plenty of them watching. And I think that these mock game scrimmages are especially important for your young players and the guys that are on the roster fringe. This is a big deal coming up tonight. So let's start on the offensive side of the football. What I'm going to be watching today in the scrimmage, first and foremost, with all the receiving talent the Seattle Seahawks have. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they'll get their handful of snaps tonight. Jackson Smith and Jigba being a rookie, he's going to get a fair share of snaps tonight. But I really think what you need to watch most closely is the other receivers because there's a very competitive race going on for the fourth, fifth, sixth receiver spots on this football team right now. D. Eskridge has had a great training camp to this point, so he looks to be quite a bit ahead when it comes to that number four spot. But I'd like to see Eskridge tonight put together a few catches, show off the explosiveness that he has shown in the training camp practices for fans so they can see 
just how well he's been playing. And it really would solidify his place in this offense as that number four receiver. But then you got other guys. You got Kate Johnson, who's had a really strong camp, scored another touchdown in Thursday's practice at the VMAC. Cody Thompson made a really ridiculous high-pointed catch, dove to the ground, has made some nice plays here in the last couple of practices, kind of had been a forgotten man after not being able to play last year with an injury. You've got Matt Landers. You've got Jake Bobo. That is a receiving room that's got a lot of talent. You've got a handful of guys battling for probably two, three at the most spots. So which receivers, which secondary receivers are going to step up and make big plays to help their cause for making this football team? And you can include special teams in that regard, too. If one of these guys can emerge as a solid kick or punt returner, that is going to bolster their chances of making this football team as well. But from an offensive standpoint, I'm looking to see which receivers jump out behind Metcalf, Lockett, and even Smith and Jig. I'm excited to see him in his first scrimmage action, but he's looked squarely to be the number three receiver with everything done in training camp to this point. And I'm interested to see what happens with the rest of the group. Now, going to the trenches, my next talking point here, what I'm going to be watching on offense for the Seahawks. The center position, it is truly wide open. I don't feel like either one of the players that's competing for that job, Evan Brown, Olu Timmy, I don't feel like either one of those guys has done something to really jump out and say, this is my job and take an early lead. It truly is still anybody's job to win. So are we going to see somebody stake a claim to that center starting job in a game situation? I would think that Evan Brown, based on what Pete Carroll said yesterday, he's going to be the one that's going to be getting the reps with the ones for the most part. But with this being a mock game scrimmage rather than a practice, I don't expect it to be like what we've seen the first seven practices where it has been one guy getting all those reps. I think Oluwatimi is going to get some reps with Geno Smith and that first team offense tonight. I'm curious to see if one of those players can really stand out compared to the other in this scrimmage of the first real game action that the Seahawks have had to this point and really stake an early claim to that job. Because at this point, it truly is anybody's job. And I've seen some positives from both players. I haven't seen either one of them in the two padded practices really take a step forward as a run blocker, the ability to create push off the line of scrimmage. I haven't seen that. Will we see one of these guys do that in the scrimmage tonight and help open up the run game some? I've seen good pass protection for both these players. So really, I think that this is an important game. It's an important glorified scrimmage here for this center position as the Seahawks try to figure out who's going to be replacing Austin Blythe. And it's really anybody's competition. There has been no wiggle room in terms of somebody taking a step forward to create some separation. So I think tonight is a big night at the center position on the offensive line. And last but not least here, which rookie running back is going to make the biggest splash in first game action at this time yesterday? This wouldn't have been a question for me because Zach Charbonnet had missed the last four practices and I wouldn't have thought that he was going to be participating in this game, but everything checked out with his shoulder. He practiced on Thursday. Pete Carroll said he is going to play in this mock game scrimmage. So that means we get to see both Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh, who's been a lot of fun to watch throughout his first training camp. And he's taken full advantage of all the reps that he's had with Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker III still being out. But Charbonnet is going to play in this game, so we're going to get to see the second-round pick get downhill. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of snaps, 
especially because he had just missed four practices, but he didn't show any signs of issues coming back from that injury yesterday. So they're hoping to get him some action this game, and Kenny McIntosh is going to get a lot of action. Which one of those rookies is going to impress the most in front of the 12s at Lumen Field? And that includes in the passing game. Both these guys have really soft hands out of the backfield. McIntosh has the ability even to go out into the slot. Really haven't seen much of that in training camp, but he did that at Georgia. So I want to see the full package with these guys. We're going to get to maybe see some pass protection reps. McIntosh has looked good with pads and hitting a blocking dummy, but is it going to translate to having to block Bobby Wagner when he's coming through the middle or one of the defensive linemen for the Seahawks? So that is going to be a big focal point for me too, the running back kind of sewer that I am. I'm going to be watching the pass protection stuff. Do they handle their assignments, picking up blitzes, catching passes, and of course, getting downhill and running the football. That's going to be the most exciting part for both these guys. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rookies perform in this mock game scrimmage out of the backfield. And the fact we get to see both of them is really exciting because a couple of days ago, it looked like it might be a while until we see Zach Charbonnet. We just didn't have any details. And thankfully the test came back good. And he was able to practice yesterday. So we get to see both these kids go out and hopefully shine in their first game action as Seahawks running backs. Coming up next, I'm going to continue previewing tonight's mock game scrimmage with three storylines to watch on the defensive side of the football. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This is brought your way by Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month, Underdog, is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever, and you can also invite your fans to a private draft in order to bring in new users. Get championship ready for your home league by drafting out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. That's a lot of cash. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. A special thanks to all the 12s, especially in this early episode here on Blue Friday, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. For everydayers, there will be a Saturday episode coming your way. I'm not going to be waiting till Monday to break down some key observations from the mock game scrimmage. So that episode, bonus episode, will be coming your way tomorrow. You will not want to miss it as I break down the big winners who didn't take advantage of this first opportunity, and much more coming out of the mock game scrimmage. Speaking of that mock game scrimmage tonight, starting at 5.20 p.m. Pacific time at Lumen Field. Fans already have gotten their tickets for that event to be able to go out and watch the Seahawks play at Lumen Field. It's time to talk defense. We've already had our storylines on offense, and the defense, it does feel like coming into training camp, there were a lot more question marks. There have been a lot more turnover, particularly along the defensive line. You've got Bobby Wagner coming back, or Devin Bush coming in at linebacker. Jordan Brooks and Jamal Adams are still on the pup list. Reek Wollin is still on the pup list as well. So there are some question marks there, but there have been some encouraging things that have been happening on the practice field heading into this mock game scrimmage. As far as storylines on defense to watch, you have to start with the cornerback position. Is there going to be some separation at that spot? And 
Rob Rang and I talked about this on Wednesday's episode that at this point, to me, this isn't about Devin Witherspoon. Devin Witherspoon is going to start. It's just a question of whether it's going to be in the nickel or on the outside. And if he's starting in the nickel, I would suspect he's still going to play some snaps on the outside. You want Devin Witherspoon on the field, and he continues to get better every single day. So I expect that we're going to see number 21 out there a ton. He's going to get a lot of snaps tonight. The real competition is a three-way competition between Mike Jackson, Trey Brown, and Kobe Bryant. And to this point, I think Mike Jackson has a slight lead there, but Trey Brown has made up ground this week. He's had a couple really impressive practices. And there's some things that he can do that Mike Jackson can't. He is a more explosive athlete. He has recovery speed. If he gets beat, he can make up that ground. Mike Jackson doesn't have the ability to do that. Now, Jackson doesn't get in that position very often because he's so good at working the line of scrimmage and being physical with receivers and impacting their releases. But when he isn't able to do that, there can be some issues working downfield. And DK Metcalf, he's going to do it to everybody, but he's done it several times winning downfield against Mike Jackson. Trey Brown has been able to make up some ground. He did it against Tyler Lockett on a skinny post. It looked like Lockett had a few steps, and then suddenly Brown is right there in the end zone, breaks up the pass back of the end zone for one of the best defensive plays we have seen in this training camp so far for the Seahawks. So those two have really stood out. And the reason Kobe Bryant's included in this too is it feels like he's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I know that Pete Carroll mentioned that his toe is still something that they're being cautious with. He missed time in the offseason. They're not playing him as many snaps. That's what Carroll said. But it doesn't feel like Kobe Bryant right now is on the right end of the bubble in terms of this competition because Devin Witherspoon is getting the vast majority of those first team reps at Nickelback. And they've been moving Kobe Bryant to safety some, trying to get him some extra snaps. Mike Jackson and Trey Brown have been so impressive on the outside. You're going to get Reek Woolen back in the near future. So this is a big game for Kobe Bryant, wherever he plays, whether it's with a second team or even a third team defense, like he did some on Thursday, when he's out there, he's got to make some plays. He's got to do well in coverage. He's got to come up and hit people in the run game and show that he's made some improvements in that regard. Because right now it feels like he's at the bottom of the depth chart amongst these guys. And this is a crowded uh, position group with a lot of talent, a lot of depth, and as encouraging as some things were for Bryant last year, including the four forced fumbles a year ago that tied for the team lead. There also were a couple touchdowns given up. He allowed more than the 70% completion percentage. There were missed tackles on the field. So he's got a lot to prove here in a position group that has improved a lot with Mike Jackson taking a big step forward, Trey Brown now fully healthy, Devin Witherspoon coming to town. So I think that's the competition that I'm going to be watching there. Witherspoon, I'll be watching closely because he's exciting. He's fun to watch, but he's going to play for this football team. Top five pick, he's going to start. It's just a matter of where he's going to be playing most of his snaps. It really boils down to that pecking order with those other three players with Jackson, Brown, and Bryant. So I'll be watching that closely. As far as my second storyline here for the Seahawks, which reserve linebacker will step up with impact plays? This might surprise some 12 that I don't have anything about defensive tackles on here, but that's what I have seen here in the first week. Draymond Jones has been a game wrecker. Jaron Reed has played well. Miles Adams has played well. I've been encouraged by Mike Morris and Cameron Young. Of course, I'm going to be watching that, but it feels like there's a little bit more clarity that's developing at that position. The reserve linebacker spot, 
by Jones so far has been the one that has stood out from a positive standpoint. He had the really exciting interception along the sideline. He got to play with Bobby Wagner on the first team when Devin Bush was out on Tuesday instead of John Radigan. So this is a big game for both by Jones and John Radigan. Can Jones keep building on the momentum or is John Radigan going to be able to make up some ground? Because I just haven't seen those plays from him to this point. He's been out there, nothing bad necessarily, but he hasn't done anything that stood out like, hey, that's that's a nice play a room for development here, a play that shows growth. I have not seen that yet from John Radigan. And Patrick O'Connell is the other player to keep in this mix too. The undrafted rookie out of Montana has made a few plays in camp. He had a nice interception. He's been in on a couple of run stuffs. There's also been several plays where things didn't go his way. It's been a very up and down camp for the undrafted rookie. But those three players are going to get a lot of snaps tonight. So I'm going to be watching all of them closely. Who is able to create separation? Is Vi Jones able to extend that separation? Can John Radican make up ground? Or can Patrick O'Connell maybe play his way into this discussion saying, hey, you guys have a history of bringing in Montana linebackers undrafted and playing well. Let me be the next one. So that is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on, especially when it comes to the run defense stuff, because I still feel like for Vi Jones, that is the area where he's got the most room to improve. He's still somewhat unnatural when it comes to playing that off-ball linebacker spot with run fits. And you can see it sometimes in the practice field. I've seen improvement compared to a year ago. He is light years ahead in that regard. But if he wants to secure a roster spot behind Bobby Wagner and Devin Bush, he is going to have to prove in-game situations that he can come up and, and make plays against the run and that he is more decisive, making his reads, understanding what offenses are trying to do. Uh, understanding the run fits and the way things are changing. I'm going to be watching that. And with Radigan, I just want to see, I want to see him make some plays. I, I don't want to see, oh, four yards, five yards downfield, he's wrapping a guy up. I want to see him make a few impact plays. And that's something that's been missing. And Patrick O'Connell, you can say the same thing. Can you find some consistency from him? Because there's been some good plays. There's also been some plays where you could tell he's an undrafted rookie. He's an undersized linebacker. So all three of those guys have a lot riding on this game. And last but not least, with Daryl Taylor being out, he was in a sling at practice yesterday. Pete Carroll said he's got a strained shoulder. Who knows how long he's going to be out? It could be a few more practices and he's back. It could be multiple weeks. We don't know at this point how long he's going to be sidelined, but he's not going to be playing tonight. So Boy Mafe, we discussed yesterday, he's probably the biggest beneficiary. He got the first team reps across from Chenna Duosu in Thursday's practice. He's going to get plenty of snaps tonight with the first team defense, but can Derek Hall make some noise in his first scrimmage game with the Seahawks? Is a player like Tyreek Smith going to be able to go out and make some plays? Or how about Josh Oniogo, who had a really good practice on Thursday? And there's been some flashy plays from the former Framingham State standout in training camp, getting more opportunities now that Daryl Taylor's out. Alton Robinson no longer on the team. So I'm going to be watching all those players closely. Who is going to be the one that reaps the reward of getting extended opportunities with Daryl Taylor being out? I would expect Nuos, who's going to play his handful of snaps, and then they're going to let the other guys play most of the other snaps because they know what Nuos is going to do. He's ready for the season. I want to see what these other edge rushers can do. And it's not just getting after the quarterback. We know how bad this run defense was a year ago. That might even be the bigger thing for me going into this mock scrimmage. Who stands out in run defense? Who handles the edge? Who sets the edge and plays sound gap football? Because that was something that was missing a lot of the time from the edge players last year. Boy, Mafe, that was his strength. Can he build off that? What does Derek Hall bring to the table as a run defender? And Smith and Oniogo, can those two guys 
play well against the run while also contributing as pass rushers. So that is a really fun young group that even without Daryl Taylor, I mean, this is a great opportunity for a number of those players that probably wouldn't have played a ton tonight if Daryl Taylor was available. But now with him being out, they are all going to get more snaps, which means more opportunities to impress the coaching staff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys do in mock game action. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. A special thanks to all the 12s, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. And every day is coming up tomorrow, special edition Saturday morning episode. I will be diving into all of the observations and instant analysis coming out of the Blue Friday mock game scrimmage. Once I fly home tomorrow night, I'll get on the uh, on the airwaves tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll break down all the key storylines coming out of that mock scrimmage game. So a bonus episode coming your way. You won't want to miss it. Let's talk our first picks to click for the 2023 season. The players that I am predicting are going to have strong outings for the Seahawks in this mock game scrimmage. Now, it is not a preseason game. It is not a regular season game. It's not going to function that way. They're going to be doing a lot of game situation stuff, but it's not fully the real deal. We'll see that next week when the preseason starts. That being said, you're going to see all three of the teams, first team, second team, third team, offense, defense in this game. You're going to see special teams. I'm excited to see what the rookies can bring to the table. So there's going to be a lot of rookie discussion here with picks to click, given the time of year that it is. You're not going to see a ton of Geno Smith and company. They'll play some snaps, but this is going to be about getting everybody reps. So as far as my picks to click, starting on the offensive side of the football, I got a couple of rookies here from different backgrounds. Kenny McIntosh from the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. As I mentioned, he has been the standout in the backfield in part because they haven't had Charbonnet out there. They haven't had Ken Walker the third, but you've seen the quickness. You've seen the burst. You've seen the decisive running style. We finally got to see some of the pass catching and pass protection stuff here this week with the pads coming out. I'm excited to see what he looks like running against a defense in an actual simulated game out at Lumen Field. And fans have been excited about him. He's really twitchy, even though his athletic testing numbers didn't suggest that. I am looking forward to seeing what he can do. And the other one that I really want to watch that I expect to have a big game tonight I mentioned the receivers, and Matt Landers, to me right now, he is one of those players that is squarely on the bubble, and a few big plays could change whether or not the Seahawks keep him because you cannot teach six foot four with four three seven speed and soft hands. You can't, and Matt Landers has shown in camp that he has the ability to bring in the football. His hands are not a suspect issue. His route running, yeah, there's some questions about how much he's going to be able to bring to the table, but as a downfield threat, he's had two 50-plus yard touchdowns in training camp to this point. This guy averaged at Toledo in 2021 25.7 yards per reception. Last year, he was just under 20 yards per reception at Arkansas with over 900 receiving yards. So this was not a small sample size. This guy is a bona fide deep threat with that size that speed, and he's really hit it off with Drew Locke on the second-team offense. Both of his long touchdowns have come from Drew Locke, and so – Landers is a player that I think in this type of situation, a mock game scrimmage, he likes the big stage. He likes the big play. Drew Locke loves the big play. 
I I expect that Drew Locke is going to connect with him at some point for a long pass play. So he's a pick to click for me. And I think Kenny McIntosh is going to be the most productive runner, in part because he's going to get more opportunities than what Charbonnet and DJ Dallas probably are going to in this scrimmage game. But I think both those guys are going to have a chance to really impress the 12s in their first game action as Seahawks. As for the defensive side of the football I know it's all rookies, but that's what you would expect. This is their first time on the field. I'm going with the high draft picks in this case. Derek Hall and Devin Witherspoon. Let's start with number 58 off the edge. As we've been talking about the last couple of days here on the show, Boye Mafe is probably going to be the biggest beneficiary because of Daryl Taylor's injury. He's going to be playing first-team reps. But I would not be surprised if Seattle at least sprinkles Derek Hall in with the first team defense tonight for a few plays just to see where he's added. He's had kind of a peculiar training camp in the sense that I've seen some plays where he's looked really dominant. There have been a few plays uh, in the one-on-one sessions where you've seen the pure power this guy rushes with. There's been a few times that you've seen the burst, but at the same time, there haven't been any notable plays where he's really finished. There haven't been any of those quick whistle sacks from him. There haven't been many plays where he's been able to get in the backfield and make tackles. So I'm wanting to see some of those impact plays get finished because I've seen the physical tools to be able to make plays. We just haven't seen that final product. And some of that's just the byproduct of playing in non-contact practices or quick whistle practices. And he's been in position to make plays. But I want to see what number 58 can do because the motor's there. You can see that. But it's been a little bit of an up-and-down camp for him in terms of trying to finish off plays. Is he able to turn the corner there tonight, literally and figuratively as a pass rusher, get after the QB a little bit, show some chop stuff, uh, stuffing the run? If he can do that, this could be a momentum changer for him because right now it feels like he's squarely a second-team defensive end, outside linebacker, that he's going to get some snaps. But – he hasn't done enough to really put himself in position where he is competing against Boye Mafe and Daryl Taylor for a starting spot. He has not entered that discussion. With a strong scrimmage game, maybe the Seahawks start to think about putting his helmet in the ring a little bit in that regard. So I think this is a big game for him. And then Devin Witherspoon, it's just because of the excitement. The last four days at practice, this kid has improved significantly every single day. The rap that he had against Jackson Smith and Jigba in the red zone on fourth and goal to finish off practice yesterday was one of the best plays I have seen all of training camp. His ability to stay with Smith and Jigba as he cut back and forth. First, it was an out route. Then he tries to go back inside. Then he tried to drift back to the back of the end zone. The entire time, Devin Witherspoon is all over him. We've seen the big hits that he's had on D. Eskridge and Colby Parkinson with the pads out. He has fully embraced that, bringing the tenacity, the physicality, and the energy. But uh, that's certainly going to be something to watch when the Seahawks take the field tonight on the defensive side of the ball. I want to see what Devin Witherspoon can do. And that would be something to keep an eye on. Anyway, tonight the Seahawks will be taking the field for their mock game. And it's going to be an exciting atmosphere at Lumen Field for those of you who get to go to the game. Hope you enjoy it. I'm Corbin Smith. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Make sure to subscribe and follow on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts to ensure you don't miss a single episode. And coming up tomorrow, we'll have our bonus Saturday episode. And I will be breaking down everything that happened at Lumen Field on offense, defense, special teams, you name it. Hope you'll be listening in and enjoy the rest of your Friday. Go Hawks.